Act Four of A Night Off or a Page from Balzac by Augustine Daly, Franz von Schontan, et al. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene, same as Act Three. Snap is discovered asleep in the alcove at back, a large rug thrown over him. The professor is writing at table left. He looks very much disordered and played out, is writing as the curtain rises. Professor, laying down his pen. That's done. I've asked for a leave of absence from duty at the college. I could not face those boys. Knock heard. My wife goes to door right is that you zippy susan outside no it's i professor open the door professor unlocks door what do you want susan enters left center bringing in tray with breakfast i've brought some breakfast professor puts tray on the table i don't want any breakfast that won't do look in the glass and see how haggard you are have a cup of coffee anyway snap sitting up might i ask for a cup too jiminy what's that snap rises and comes down has on trousers and a coat much too small for him no shirt but the roman breastplate in its stead don't get frightened it's only me why mr snap what are you doing i've been stranded on the sofa all night and the professor helped me out with his wardrobe i didn't dare to go home to my wife after that horrible fiasco susan crosses centre to professor now you haven't been in bed either professor left waking up i spent the night in that armchair it's awful and you won't take breakfast i can't i'm full now of trouble if you don't mind i'll help myself i must fortify myself against my first meeting with my wife pours out coffee and eats right professor aside i don't dare even think of my wife to susan aside uh, susan has she given you any message nothing sir oh she's in such a rage we all caught it last night first miss nisbet then i mrs talked to me as if i'd written the play myself and it was all my fault well i had my doubts when you were reading it i like sad things at the theatre but that was too sad it was too miserable you don't know anything about it if it hadn't been for that parrot you'll see when we play it the second time you don't imagine for one moment i'd ever let the piece be played again why not let's talk calmly the manuscript shall be burnt that settles it well, i hope nobody in the city knows i'm the author rest easy nothing can be got out of my wife and as for me i depend upon you i quit town to-day if i get the leave of absence i've written for but my dear professor not another word i'm going to pack up my things susan bring my sole leather trunk down from the garret exit left down 
Susan sobbing and gathering the breakfast things together. He was such a kind master, and to think the like should happen to him in his old days. Exit left center. Jack enters left center hurriedly. Oh, there you are, at last. Been searching for you everywhere. I've a most important communication. If it's anything exciting, have the goodness to break it to me gently. I'm not toned up for a surprise. My father arrived here yesterday. I spent the whole night with him, and we had a complete reconciliation. I shall leave for home with him today. How long a leave of absence do you want? My dear fellow, it is not a question of leave of absence. I wish to tender my resignation and say good-bye to the stage forever. Snap, utterly crushed, sinks back. That, that was the only thing wanted. Starts up, but with difficulty, on account of his tight dress. You can't go. You are indispensable. I don't refer to your talent, but to your unapproachably aristocratic wardrobe and your nationality. I tell you, I've been a manager for twenty-five years, and I never had a leading man before with eight suits of clothes. How can we give a society play if you go off with your dress suit and your crush hat? My dear Snap. No false modesty. Your things fit every one of the company like gloves. Even my wife made an immense hit as Nan, the good-for-nothing, in your velvet jacket. We can easily settle that objection. I'll leave you my theatrical wardrobe as a souvenir. Mr. Chumley, you have not only a true society manner but a genuine respect for art. I admire you, and I thank you. That is not all. My father happens to own the ground upon which they have put up the new frivolity theatre in London. London? The birthplace of Shakespeare? Oh, but go on. If you will release me gracefully, you shall be installed as manager. Manager? in london it has been the dream of my life to manage a theatre in london or anywhere for a whole season you are discharged on the spot well then it's settled i should say so but you must come with me to my wife you must be there when i tell her about the theatre you'll see what joy means that unapproachable woman has borne our privations with resignation and courage but i know that it has long been the secret hope of her heart to be able to stay in one place for more than six nights only come we'll go to her together jack hesitating i'll follow you later i'd like to say good-bye to this family first oh, very proper the professor is in there points left down jack crosses to left thank you i'll knock goes to door and is about to knock when he hears nisby's voice nisby outside this way susan in here jack aside oh there she is well why don't you knock 
Jack imposes silence by a gesture as Nisby enters left center with a large valise, Susan following with a basket. Nisby, resting center, Put the basket down yonder. Points down right. I'll pack up by and by. Susan puts the basket down right and exits left center. Nisby puts the valise down near alcove right center, sees snap. Oh, pardon me. I'm looking for Papa. The professor is in that room. Points left. I suppose you are waiting for him. I'll knock at his door. Goes to left and sees Jack. Oh, Mr. Cassius. Jack gets quickly between her and the door. Please, Miss Nisby, don't knock. Why not? Wait here a little while. I mean, that is, you might disturb your father just now. Comes from door. Snap officiously. Oh, no. He's only packing up. I'll knock. Crosses to center. As he goes to door, Jack and Nisby get right and left of him and keep him back. No, no. It's not at all necessary. Snap, center, comprehends the situation, looks at both, chuckles, and then goes. Aside. Oh, I begin to see. Act one, scene two. The lovers meet. Everything in this house is as good as a play. All right. Don't be afraid. I won't disturb the professor. It would be downright rude of me when you two are decidedly opposed to it. Jack, confused, waves him off and takes Nisby's hand. The fact is, Miss Nisby, I have something very important to say to you. Is it very important? I think so. Really? Jack looks at his watch. And time is pressing. The train leaves in two hours. I must leave for New York with my father by the twelve o'clock express. And I start for Boston with Mama at twelve twenty. Jack looks at Snap impatiently. Who knows when we may meet again? Nisby crosses to center, looks at Snap impatiently, then says sadly, Perhaps never. Then I should say the best thing would be to speak right out now. But my dear Snap, what I have to say to this young lady must be said without witnesses. Then all I've got to do is to exit center and leave you together. No, no, that won't help us. Even if he goes, we may be interrupted. Papa may come in any moment. She thinks of everything, just like my wife. Nisby to Jack. I don't suppose you could write to me? No, that's quite impossible. Quite impossible. There are some things that can only be settled by one's own lips. Nisby crosses right in a huff. Of course. It's a dreadful plight, isn't it? And I'm sorry I can't help you out. I have to go and pack up now, in there. Points right. This valise. Goes toward right with valise and turns. Is there anything so fatiguing as to have to pack a big valise all by yourself? Jack goes to her eagerly. If you would allow me to help you. I should be delighted. You know, it's ever so much easier to put in things while somebody holds the valise open for you.
Jack takes the bag and presses it to his heart. Let me hold it. I'll do it with all my heart. Nisby crosses to Snap. I hope you will excuse us, Mr. Snap, but you see we haven't a moment to lose. And so much to do. Oh, yes, I know. Well, if you lose no time, you may catch the train. That's so. Come. Exits right down. Oh, yes, I'm coming. Exits after her. Snap sighs. Ah, <sighs> uh, I guess he won't need any prompter in the part he's playing now. The professor enters, left down, in shirt sleeves, with a valise half full. I'm more than half full, and I haven't got a quarter in yet. Puts valise on table left. Snap stands before door right. Excuse me, professor, but you don't want anything in here? In there? No, no. I'm glad of that. The fact is, I'm on guard, and nobody must go in here for fifteen minutes. I have an important engagement, and if you would only take my place. Professor, beginning to pack. Yes, but... The fact is, there are two people in there who are preparing a surprise for you. Aside... I'll run over to the hotel and send his lordship. If those two in there are firm, they may get his consent on the spot. If they can't get it, they had better know the worst at once. The professor shan't have more than one tragedy on his hands at the same time. Exit left center. Professor sighing. <sighs> I don't believe anything will surprise me now goes up into alcove to get some wearing apparel which is placed there angelica enters left center speaks back come in mamma there's nobody here mrs babbitt enters i'm glad of it my wife half draws the curtain noiselessly there are certain people i prefer not to see but mamma we must meet papa some time i don't see the necessity attend to me i have given you the keys of all the other rooms keep them until your father demands them that is if he ever has the face to communicate with you you may lock up this room when we leave i merely wish to take my portrait out of it takes portrait off the easel right it is out of place angelica has discovered the professor and says aside to mrs babbitt papa is up there behind the curtain Mrs. Babbitt, going on with her work, speaks the following with intentional frigidity. Give the picture to the servant. Let her carry it up to the garret and store it there with the other lumber, with its face to the wall. Professor groans and comes forward with a coat and vest in his hand. Oh, Zippy, you rend my heart. Mrs. Babbitt, ignoring him entirely with its face to the wall that settles it professor drops on his knees zippy darling are you going to leave your home mrs babbitt speaks to angelica as if entirely oblivious of the professor's presence i told you before my resolve is irrevocable i shall go with my poor penitent nisby to my sister in boston the train leaves at twelve twenty 
then we shall both be safe from contamination and deceit zippy look at me mrs babbitt to angelica did you speak professor totters to his feet and buries himself on sofa at fire don't be so harsh mamma i have forgiven harry <laughs> indeed we had an explanation and made it all up to be sure he was guilty in deceiving me but as his deception was in trying to make me believe he was worse instead of better i could easily forgive it he's a perfect angel he has no past he never had a past i think i like him that way better really so he's got you to believe him again poor lamb but your husband has youth as an excuse he hasn't played the clown at sixty professor groans and disgraced a grey-haired wife and grown-up children he hasn't descended to the meanness of plotting with your domestics behind your back professor coming down but zippy i only tried to give you a pleasant surprise mrs babbitt still addressing angelica a pleasant surprise indeed you've made a fool of yourself and all of us before the whole town i could have forgiven anything but that i can't argue with the back of your head if you won't look at a person commences to pack things furiously in valise on table left mrs babbitt to angelica now help me to pack this basket they go right to basket and during the following angelica opens the cabinet and helps her mother to pack silverware small boxes jewel cases etc lord mulberry enters left centre here i am dear friends professor testily after looking at him oh bother packs valise more vehemently pulling out two articles to put in one etc mulberry looking at his watch the train starts in an hour so if we make haste we can talk it all over mrs babbitt aside vexed what does he want now wraps up articles handed by angelica and packs vigorously i suppose you've been expecting me can't say we have mulberry poking him in the side capital oh play the indifferent the father of the girl always does but of course you don't mean it that mr snap told me everything is as good as settled the professor looks at him holds up his hands in puzzled expression and packs mrs babbitt looks at angelica and then at mulberry but sir you see we are busy oh packing don't let me stand in your way perhaps i can help you understand the art to perfection takes an ornament from left table and wraps it in several scraps of paper which he takes from the wastebasket may i ask what you wish here anyhow what i wish <laughs> that's capital that's neat two others now listen to the professor ladies coolly asking me what i wish crosses to professor still wrapping the ornament why you sly dog how can you play off so you'd make a capital actor 
Ladies? Crosses to them, still rapping. He'd make his fortune on the stage. He ought to play in that piece I saw over the way last night. The ladies exclaim, general groan. Will you, once for all? Mulberry nudges him. How do you like my son now that you know him, eh? I think he's changed, changed for the better. Puts the ornament he was wrapping in the basket and packs it in. And why, eh? Why? Nudges him. It's love. Picks up another article from the table left and commences to wrap it up in newspaper, which he takes from the table. Oh, tis love, tis love. Oh, tis love, tis love. Possibly. Anything you like. Mulberry to Mrs. Babbitt. Madame, he'll make the best husband in the world. Packs the last article he has been wrapping in her basket. The boy's so good-hearted. Takes a bead cushion from an armchair nearby and begins to wrap that up. You have no idea how much he esteems and values your whole family. About to put the cushion in the basket. Mrs. Babbitt, preventing him. What are you doing there? Oh, isn't this going? Pulls cushion out and throws it on sofa. He told me all about it last night. Confided in me. He never confided in me before. And I consented. Commences to wrap up a footstool which he picks from the floor. I know that it's all right, for the rascal has excellent taste. Gad, so am I. It runs in the family. And now, as to what the young people will have to live on... About to pack the footstool in the professor's valise. Professor hurls footstool away. You must be aware all this doesn't interest us. Mulberry seizing his hand. Noble sentiment. But the children must live. Crosses to Mrs. Babbitt. My boy is just like your husband. No thought for the morrow. He takes the girl just as she is. But you and I are sensible. I have strong doubts. To Professor. How long is this to last? Mr. Babbitt, will you quietly but firmly show this person the door? Show me the door? But I thought it was all right. My son led me to believe, and that Mr. Snap assured me. Why, I thought that you and I should dance together at the wedding. In the name of all that's irritating, at whose wedding? Nisby and Jack enter right door, hand in hand. At ours, I hope. To Mulberry, presenting Nisby. Well, sir, did I exaggerate? Here is your daughter. What's this? Nisby? Mr. Babbitt? This is a surprise Stapp spoke of. Nisby crosses to him. I couldn't help it, Papa. Mr. Cassius made love so naturally. Mulberry joining their hands. You see, I was right after all. 
Mrs. Babbitt and Professor go left for explanations. Damask enters left center. Professor, great news. What is it? Never mind your news. We've got the greatest news in here just now. Oh, I see. Crosses to Angelica, shakes hands with Jack. I congratulate you. To all. But that's a minor consideration. Only think, I've been told all over the city that the performance last night ended in a great success after all. What? Is it possible? Oh, Papa. I don't want to hear another word about it. Uh, do you refer to the play over the way at the opera house last night? Of course. I was there. Well? Well? Well. Professor crosses to him. Well, how was it? A great success. Capital piece. I never saw anything finer. I told you. There, there Papa. Papa. Justinian. But I thought the curtain had to be dropped in the middle of the second act. So I heard. I did not arrive till later. I was told there had been some interruption. But the management skillfully turned the tide of feeling, and the performance went on to a happy conclusion. Professor rubbing his hands. So they liked it? Immensely. Justinian, this atones for everything. Snap enters hastily left center. Professor, Professor, have you heard? We had a gigantic success after all last night. Mrs. Babbitt crosses to him. Yes, we've heard all. Offers her hand. And I forgive you for the uncle and Camille. Now we'll all take a holiday together. Suppose, instead of taking it in different directions, we all go to New York. With me? That will be delightful. Let's pack, then. We've only forty minutes. We'll, we'll all help. help. We'll all help. We'll all help. Susan enters left center with clothes basket nearly full of knick-knacks, and from now until curtain falls, all busy themselves with packing. Mrs. Babbitt down right with Angelica, Damask and Jack with Nisby left, Professor and Snap down center, Mulberry and Susan running with articles between each group. Snap to Professor aside. Don't come back too soon. What do you mean? The performance last night was saved by my wife's presence of mind again. She's a trump. She is. When she saw that your piece was irretrievably damned. All stop packing. In the second act. Well, well. She dropped your tragedy altogether and substituted in its place. What? A night off professor sinks in chair amid the animation and confusion of packing and just as jack is kissing nisby the curtain falls end of act four end of a night off or a page from balzac by augustine daly franz von schonten et al